Josh, so I have to confess something to you. Speak truthfully. So the other day, I purchased a new blank notebook. Oh, wow. Because uh, I thought to myself that I was going to become the kind of girl who just like, it, there's just so many thoughts that I have to jot them into a notebook. So many ideas, you know, contraptions, words. Um, but instead, what turns out is that I am paralyzed with fear and I have not written a single word except my own name. Yes, this happens every holiday season. Does it? People get all excited and they get swept up in the moment and mm-hmm. they want to buy a new notebook without thinking about the responsibility of buying a new notebook. Yes, You're yes, yes. You're going to have to bring it around. You're going to have to write in it. And if you're not going to write in it, who's going to write in it, young lady? Josh, I don't want to write in it. Then you shouldn't have gotten a notebook. <laughs> I guess I just like, I love the idea that I'll just be sitting here and you'll be like, Paula, what are you working on? And I'll be like, a, a poem. <laughs> <laughs> but I know in reality, like this notebook is just going to have like three grocery shopping lists in it. And like some dreams that you wrote down while you were really tired. Yeah. Like, I gotta remember this. <laughs> Hold on. You look at it the next day. Dog bit car. Yeah. Like, what? Cabbage man? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Being Earnest, a very sincere podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Paula. And we're here to bring you the earnest news of the day. Ooh. Before we get into the topic this week, which I'm very excited about. Great topic. Welcome. <laughs> we... Want to just give you a little taste, a little teaser. A little spoiler alert, honey. That we have a guest on this podcast <gasps> a little later on. Um, a great guest. Yes. Ari- All guests are great, but this guest is like really great. Really great. Ari Seth Cohen from Advanced Style is here to talk to us. And we just want to let you know because it's uh, there's a ticket giveaway a little bit later. If you're here in Chicago, and you can win some free stuff. If you're really sweet to us, there's a couple of tote bags. But only if they're real sweet to us. Uh, So stick around later on the pod. We will have Ari. Um, I've locked him in the other room right now just so he can't hear what we're talking about. You know, kind of destroy the magic. Yeah, we want him to come in blind. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's our topic this week, Paula? Our topic is hats. (laughs) (laughs) Hats, yes. Hats. (laughs) Uh, Which is really fitting because... Hats is part of style. <laughs> yep. Um, Josh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna be bold, and you are a hat boy. See, this is interesting because I don't think of myself as hat boy. You know, I feel like sometimes the people that know you best are the people lo- from the outside looking in. I thought what you were about to say is the people who know you best are the people who know you best. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I don't think of myself as a hat boy, but I think that's because I've incorporated hats into my lifestyle only recently. Oh. So I was, if we were doing um, a graph of the x-axis is time and the y-axis is hatitude. All right, already lost me, but keep going. Like zero to four years old, Mm -hmm. lots of hats. Yeah. Lot of hats. Then not a lot of hats. Then I played baseball, lots of hats. Lots of hats, yep. Then I stopped playing baseball because my arm hurt. And I had a mean coach and then no hats for like years and years and years, probably a decade of no hats. Josh, you had a mean coach. I had a mean coach in baseball. What? Was this one of those tough love situations? Yeah. Where like he was trying to turn, be, you know, like be turning into a man's man. (laughs) 
<laughs> and Josh was like, I'm out of here. I'm doing theater. My arm hurts. <laughs> it did. I had tendonitis. Oh, no. It's fine. Oh, boy. Uh, but now you you do wear quite a few hats. I wear hats. You sometimes. juggle quite a few hats. I do. I wear a lot of hats. <laughs> oh, that's the phrase I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's but it's interesting that you think of me as a hat boy because I've really only incorporated hats in the time now that I'm thinking about it in the time that we've been friends. Yeah. I guess I've changed you in a lot of ways (laughs) (laughs) and maybe me calling you in the middle of the night, every night going, wear a hat. (laughs) Do you wear hats, Paula? Not really. Mm -hmm. Not really. Um, I think I desperately want to be the kind of like cool, chill hat girl Mm -hmm. because that is a, that's a cool vibe. Like when you, when you're a gal and you're out there in, in the cold months, you're wearing a felt hat, a wide brim felt hat in the warm months, you're wearing a sun cap. That looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, every so often, will buy a hat from, like, Forever 21 or steal one from somebody. Sure. Um, and the only thing playing in my head is essentially a monologue going, you look so dumb. This looks dumb. This is bad. Oh, this looks dumb. No. Turn around, turn around, turn around. <laughs> but occasionally a baseball hat. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. You also have a lot more hair to deal with. Oh, just... <laughs> acres of it. <laughs> I think one thing that's interesting about the old hat, about the old chapeau. Ooh, did I say that right? You did. Okay, Very cool. Very good. Four semesters of French barely passed. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, it is kind of the one article of clothing that you take on or off depending on the situation. Yes. Like, you don't take off anything else as a sign of respect sometimes. Yeah, I feel like or, it's Nor like, do you tip it. Yeah. So I think that's the difference right yeah. there. Because, like, having just come back from Japan, taking off shoes is sure. definitely a sign of respect. Also, here in America, you know. Yeah. You might take off shoes when it's muddy outside. You want to keep your friends' homes clean. But you're not tipping right. your shoes tipping as a your sign of respect. Them. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, what other things, though, should we be tipping? <laughs> I'm a, See... I would be very into if we did more of the kind of like, I've taken off my gloves and I'm gesturing with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you've got the glove and you're like, oh, shoot. That would and- look insane. <laughs> People gestured with gloves? I just mean that like, you're waving your gloves around as you're sure. gesticulating. I kind of picture a glove-based society like that is mostly for duels. Like, you take it off and you slap the person. Yeah, exactly. Like... It's not to be like, the pizza was this big. <laughs> this would make more sense if our listeners could see our, our mimed, perfectly pantomimed gloves. But you do bring up a good point that both gloves, formal gloves, and hats have a societal function. Like, you tip the hat to be yeah. like, good day, or like, good show, or yeah. whatever. A sign of respect. You take off the glove to slap. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, like, take off the jacket to bow you know the jacket doesn't have another functional use when did we wait no i'm wrong it's jackets only exist to put down over puddles so ladies can get across the street no has anyone ever this is my question has anybody ever done that in real life because here's what happens are expensive here's what happens if you take off your hat I just spilled tea all over my lap. Okay. <laughs> you could have used a jacket. That's fine. Um, now, if if I was, uh, you know, some 
some young thing back in the time of that Victorian era. Also like maybe the twenties and there is a puddle and someone said one sec, then put their coat down. Now here's the thing. That coat is getting absolutely sopping wet. Mm -hmm. And now what? I have to step on a wet (laughs) coat. Like everything about that doesn't solve a problem. (laughs) Like the only thing is if they took the jacket and they mopped up the puddle. (laughs) Sure. They're wringing out the puddle on the other side and they're like, come on through, love. It's fine. It's it's not wet anymore. Also, you know my theory that everyone in the past was dumb as hell. (laughs) Sure. And this kind of just proves it because this is not getting us anywhere. And also... Can't we walk around puddles? <laughs> Isn't that the point of puddles? Yeah, they're really paper macheing over the problem, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I hope the women were like, oh my gosh, thank you. And then they went home to their friends later and you're like, you are not going to believe the shit Derek did. <laughs> <laughs> Paula, is a mask a hat? Is a mask a hat? Yeah, like a Spider-Man mask. You know what no, I mean? No, it's a mask. Well, no, but one that goes over your entire face. So it doesn't just go over the front. Okay, that's a cool mask. You know, or the, like, and not like the one where, like, Bat, you know, like, Batman has a full almost, like, helmet situation, right? It's like a hood mm-hmm. into a, okay, two questions here. I also it's a wouldn't hood say, hat. I wouldn't say look at Batman's hat. <laughs> <laughs> Batman, you dropped your hat. Like. <laughs> Oh my God, you're Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Are <laughs> oh. you Bruce Wayne? Are you Bruce Wayne? <laughs> Hold up. Bruce? We went to college together. <laughs> Bruce, do you not remember me? <laughs> we were Gotham State. Oh, G O. T H A M, Gotham, Gotham, Gotham State. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize I graduated with the Dark Knight. Oh, man. That's so let me take a picture. Here, take a selfie with me. I'm going to put it on my Instagram. <laughs> I tagged you. I don't, Bruce, I don't care that <laughs> you're trying to protect your identity. You're Bruce fucking Wayne and you're the Batman. Bruce, Bruce fucking Wayne is Batman now? <laughs> tell, you, I, tell everyone. <laughs> you have the money. I, I need hush money. <laughs> <laughs> you're so rich. <laughs> After we posted this on Instagram already. <laughs> anyway, uh, superheroes use hats to hide their identity sometimes constantly well and so do celebrities which i i would argue are a modern day superhero (laughs) (laughs) um yeah there's something about a hat that throws people off onto who you are isn't that yeah it's funny like if you i would think that's i'm always more suspicious of someone with a really really low brimmed hat you like they're pulling over their eyes oh because they're pulling an ocean's 11 right now that's what you wear going into a heist yeah you're pulling down the cap Mm -hmm. you're pulling down the brim you're as you're pulling down the brim you've also got the little radio in your sleeve and you say get into the mainframe yeah wow i uh i recently watched um oceans 12 okay have you seen oceans 12 i think i have at one point can I give you a massive who's, spoiler alert? Who's the 12th? It's, it's Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. Yeah. And I'll tell you what the twist is. She looks like Julia Roberts. So they have her pretend to be Julia Roberts. <laughs> That's right. I do remember this. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is, that is the most earnest form of screenwriting. When they were like, ah, how do we end this? Uh, well, I guess she looks like Julia Roberts. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because I feel like part of being in a movie is in the universe of that movie, you suspend your disbelief that these actors are also celebrities. Sure, yes, exactly. Like, like George Clooney is not also... Danny Ocean. Yeah, it's so weird. (laughs) It's weird to be like, this is Julia Roberts as Danny Ocean's wife as... Julia Roberts. So it's an Ouroboros. Yeah, It's the snake eating its own tail. <laughs> um, while we're talking heist, though, Josh, what... Have we talked heist on this podcast? I don't think we have. I don't think we have, and that's good, because I could talk heist forever. Sure. What do you think your role would be? What role do you think you'd be best at, and what role do you think you'd be worst at? Okay. Great question. Thank you. Great question. I think I would be really good at the role... Of the guy who brings the team together. Okay. Not the guy who's got the big idea. Okay. The guy, I'm the Matt Damon, not the George Clooney. <laughs> You're the one that's or like, the I know Pitt. a couple guys. Yeah, the Brad, whichever one is the one who's like, I've got a network. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can bring him in. <laughs> You're I, the guy kind of throwing a party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll like, yeah, I'll rib and cajole everyone into <laughs> joining in on the heist. <laughs> And then I'm definitely like play a major role early in the heist in like setting the scene and being a a red herring. And then I'm just in the van for the rest of the time. I feel like your like montage, like there's like the, like the dun, 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 and then it's just you texting. It's me me and seven phones. (laughs) Hey, what's up? Long time no chat. You up? (laughs) And they film it in real time. <laughs> right, exactly. so I'm just sitting there, picking my nose, <laughs> waiting for messages. Yeah. Um, I think the one that I would be worst at, mm-hmm. two of them. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could be the acrobat. Let's just say that off the bat. No. I don't think I could be no. the one who. Because fl- it's always like a hot Russian gymnast. It's always just like someone who can get themselves into a crate or a suitcase. Yeah, and they always have a scene where they're going through lasers and then at one point they do something and then... It's the, like, whoa! Yeah, and then the Danny Ocean character's like, now you're just showing off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be the worst one. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I would want to be that. The other one that I think I could be really bad at is the one where the lie really hinges on them. <laughs> because I'm really bad <laughs> At, I at lying on command. I would have, um um. <laughs> yeah, I have too much anticipatory anxiety, <laughs> and just stay up at night thinking about how every conversation would go, even in like no stakes confrontational situations or like friends. I'm afraid I might upset them a little bit if an entire criminal operation. <laughs> hinged on me coming up with something that was clever and then they threw me a curveball i would just melt into a puddle and tell them whatever they needed to know it was you told someone who was just like also at the casino that day right (laughs) this guy just looked at me weird and i just turned around and told him everything (laughs) right exactly it's like wait didn't you say that you're from arizona not Nevada, and it'd be like, uh, 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 we're we're robbing you, we're robbing you right now. Here's the names of all of them. Here's their addresses. <laughs> Do you know what one I would be the worst at? Okay, I would be the worst, uh, like the hacker tech guy, <laughs> because the problem is I'm really confident. 
<laughs> like there's this thing I do where I'm like, no, I know how to do that. <laughs> and then I do not know how to beep, do boop, that. Boop, boop, boop. I sit down in front of the computer and I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I just sit down and I'm like, I sit down and I'm like, no, don't worry. I got this. I'm totally going to hack it in the mainframe. And then I just like, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I think the other one I'd be bad at is the driver. <laughs> uh, do you ever get like really bad anxiety when you drive? Um, only in like heavy traffic. I, I get, that's the only time I get angry. <laughs> I have this new thing. <laughs> so I recently started driving again. Doesn't I'm that sound really dramatic? It yeah. does sound really I recently, dramatic. I recently started driving. I, in that moment, I the way that you said it made me take a minute and be like, Paula, do we need to talk about this? Are you you're you're off the wagon? No, you're on the wagon. Are you driving? The wagon? I'm driving the wagon. I'm the wagon driver. Yeah. Uh so I didn't drive for years because I live in Chicago. I sold my car. There was really there was really no reason nor option for me to drive. Uh, and then I drove Megan, my best friend, out to New York when she moved out there, and I had to take some shifts driving, and then now I drive again. Uh, and so I have occasionally driven since then. But as it turns out, I now get this really fun thing when I'm driving <laughs> where I get really anxious that I hit and killed someone and didn't realize it. Uh, what? <laughs> and everyone's gaslighting you? <laughs> yes. Isn't that crazy? I don't want to say crazy because there's a stigma no, around is. that, but it's nonsensical. <laughs> I know. I like, I'll get my head and be like, all right, what if I hit someone and uh, no one really cared? I mean, it's a big city. <laughs> we just kept driving. Oh my God. I hit Batman. <laughs> <laughs> shit, shit, shit. Oh my God. It's, is this Bruce Wayne? <laughs> hey, Bruce. <laughs> so I would be remiss if I didn't talk about this on the podcast. Um, as I've mentioned before, I was in a college acapella group, <gasps> which has become a joke amongst my friends because I talked about it too much while I was in college, and now they make fun of me every time I bring it up. <laughs> but I was in Brown University's The Brown Derbies. Okay, that's a hat. Yep, which is a hat. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hat, it's an acapella group, and it's a restaurant shaped like a hat. It's a restaurant? The Brown Derby is also like a classic kind of deli restaurant that exists in a couple cities. And the whole thing is shaped like a derby hat, like a bowler. Is the restaurant a themed restaurant? I think slightly. That's wild. It's wild. It is absolutely wild. And is it, so is it shaped sideways or is it shaped <laughs> no, kind no, no, of no, no, standing no. It's up? Like, it's like we are eating within the hat when the hat is on the ground. So, oh, okay. See, I was picturing kind of a sideways shape a la a swimming pool. No, it's not. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I don't think that's so crazy. <laughs> uh, no, the roof of the hat is the roof of the building. Okay. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> also normal if it's the other way. <laughs> uh, did you all wear brown derbies while you sang? Yes, we did. We had uniforms. What was your uniform? We had uniforms. It was a brown derby hat. Okay, a, that makes sense. Hold yeah, up, keep going. Yeah. A brown vest, like a like okay, a, uh, with buttons. Okay, a uh, dapper little UPS driver. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A 
a white button-up shirt, Mm -hmm. a tie, khakis, and brown shoes. Man, y'all really leaned into this. Yeah, it had been around for a while. Do you still have your derby? Oh, yeah, I have my derby. I have my derby. Also, to quote one of my friends when I explained this to them, the other day, I do talk about this a lot. <laughs> when I was talking about them the other day, it was like, and you all tried to have sex in college? <laughs> yeah, it was like, we looked like little, um, just little snake oil salesmen. <laughs> you know, there is something so special, though, about the costumes that they make groups of young people who sing wear. This is true. Like, it's never like, let's just have them dress like normal people. No, it's <laughs> it's like, always crazy outfits. We're going to give them Letterman jackets that are all glitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, my show choirs, uh, was these horrible floor length black gowns with a ribbon under your chest and then like kind of old-fashioned glitter. The only way I can describe it is it was as if you were a bridesmaid at a dead goth's wedding. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, just out of control. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And they never cleaned them. Oh, that's so gross. I know, but that, I mean, it really is like, (laughs) why do singing kids always have to wear the weirdest outfits? I don't know, because, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this. I was the king of the madrigals, and <laughs> it was four, four, four years of floppy hats, my dude. <laughs> Jaunty as fuck. Just <laughs> on the hat, on the head, flip over to the side. Ooh, okay, stylish. Yeah, I, I'm realizing that a lot of the activities that I had in school were hat related because I also <laughs> hat making club, hat wearing club, yeah. hat looking club. If any school had a haberdashery major, it would be Brown University. <laughs> um, but I also wrote for a satirical newspaper called The Brown Noser while okay. I was there. In The Brown Noser, we would come out with physical newspapers. It was online, but also like we're really into physical media. But we would hand out newspapers when it, two or three times a semester when it would come out um, as newsies. That's like little cute. newsboy outfits. Yeah. So reused the vest. Didn't use the derby. Had a different hat. You know, like the... <laughs> you went into your hat closet. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> yes, swapped I, it out. I went into my, <laughs> into my dorm where I was living, <laughs> opened up the enormous closet. <laughs> the room closet. And just sat there tapping my chin as I thought... <laughs> Which hat today? <laughs> Hundreds of hats. Hello, hanging. my little friends. Which one of you is best for today? No, it was one of those like newsboy hats. You know, the ones where like it's bigger and then it tapers over. Yeah, into that the fr- only like uh, like newsboys and old men can wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, when you turn like. And one of thir- the impractical jokers. Yeah, you turn 37 <laughs> and someone knocks on your door and they're like. Uh, are you Josh Linden? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, okay, we have a delivery for you. Could you sign here? And it's just, they've given you one of these hats. <laughs> and you're like, who's this from? And they're like, do not worry about that. Yeah. And you're like, I would never wear this. Oh, maybe. <laughs> oh, it is? Yeah. Comfortable? <laughs> and practical. Yet chic. <laughs> I look like I could go golfing in this. <laughs> but so I had one of those hats. And we just hand them out. And I'd, you know, be hawking my wares. Doing yeah. that kind of thing. And... I went to Brown University while Emma Watson was at Brown University. Hermione well. Granger. Yes. Also, 
perk of being Wallflower. Yeah. Hermione Granger. <laughs> um, and so I was handing out newspapers at one point. Mm-hmm. It was one of the dull periods. Like it was during one of the times where there were classes and lunch. People would go to lunch around that time. And uh, it was just like not during essentially passing period. So there just wasn't as busy mm-hmm. um, at that time of day. And so I was just kind of, you know, looking around, kind of trying to do my shift. And I look over and I was like, oh, shit, that person walking up is Emma Watson. That's crazy. And I was like, I'm going to be louder and I want to her to take a paper because this will be a great story for when I whenever everyone asks me, did you go to school with Emma Watson? And I say yes. And they say, did you see her? And I was like, this is my moment. Here so I go. get louder. You were planning for your future podcast. Exactly. And I was like, brown noser, brown noser here. You know, doing the voice, really <laughs> oh leading into it. <laughs> you know actor to actor <laughs> just i wanted her to appreciate my craft uh-huh she's she's gonna appreciate oy, oy, oy. <laughs> so i do that gets her attention she looks sure up. i'm sure somebody's <laughs> screaming oi 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 like a soccer hooligan in her face is gonna get her attention she looked up looked at me <gasps> looked at what i was wearing laughed at me not with me yeah <laughs> at me walked by didn't take a paper well, you tried. I did. That's a real celebrity to go to school with. Yeah, real celebrity. Um, we didn't have that at St. Olaf, but we did have a guy called No Shoes Nate because he didn't wear shoes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Hey Arnold character. <laughs> no Shoes Nate. Uh, no Shoes Nate did not wear shoes, uh, was the king of the LARPers, uh-huh. um, which love that. Uh, but eventually the cafeteria had to put a sign out saying he had to wear shoes. <laughs> It was a dark day. (laughs) He had to start carrying a pair of flip flops with them when he had to go in the cab. What you don't know is he's the. Do you hear the people (laughs) say? What you don't know is that he's actually the. uh, He's a crown prince. (laughs) He's going to inherit a whole country. I hope so. You know, Josh, I once got dumped by a guy wearing a top hat. Well, I don't have a reaction to that. What a what a what a sad moment. <laughs> He's really sad. The, I was crying. <laughs> he was wearing a top hat and carrying a little cane. <laughs> My first love. <laughs> oh, God. See, we're I'm of two minds about this. Sure. On the one hand, wow. <laughs> Bull <laughs> move. Oof. Yeah. The kind of person who wear a top, top hat would dump you at, at like prom or it was prom, yeah. <laughs> um, that makes sense. On the other hand, at least he dressed up for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't remember if I got a tip of the hat, <laughs> but I hope at the end he was like, "Good day, madam." <laughs> I imagine that he also had a long handkerchief that he pulled out to be like, "I'm sorry that I've caused you this pain, but." If it's any consolation, dab your eyes with this handkerchief. <laughs> and then he walked away twirling yeah. his little walking stick. <laughs> Come with me. <laughs> okay, I got dumped by Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate. No, not Charlie. No, Willy Wonka. I got dumped by Willy Wonka. <laughs> but Wait, what do you think it would be like to date Willy Wonka? <laughs> well, in Gene Wilder's own words, the reason he purposely does a somersault at the beginning of the movie after limping mm-hmm. to basically he, he said that, that was a character choice so that you could never trust him 
Not a great quality <laughs> in a partner. Can you imagine you you have you have now been you've been dating Willy Wonka for quite some time. Wait, hold on. Can we <laughs> sit back for a minute? What if the whole chocolate factory like prize was not the factory you also have to marry him that's the only way legally that you can take over that he was actually just looking for a wife or a husband he was just like for a, just a really messed up version of the bachelor yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get out to meet anyone and so he uses immense amount of power to bring people to him so in this version of Willy wonka yeah. it's all just like Gals in their 20s and 30s. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the whole movie's kind of confessional style, the way The Bachelor is. Yeah. <laughs> and he sets up elaborate little dates. But each date has a trap that might kill you. Yeah, in right, it. No, but that's the point is he's got a certain number of people. And every time you go to a new date or in a new room, someone gets taken away. Someone's dead. He'll, he's got to find the one who's going to be able to be resourceful enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I think you would be a selfish lover. Well, so, so we're saying. So this is once you've once you've passed yeah, the, we've passed, the we've Willy passed Wonka the, Bachelor. Yeah, 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 everyone yeah. else has died. Yeah, exactly. You don't think about it. You wake up in the middle of the night sometimes, and he turn, <laughs> leans over and he goes, "Hon, what's wrong?" And you're like, "Nothing." He's like, "Are you upset?" And you're like, "No." It was all worth it. It was <laughs> but always the, worth it. In the it. back of your head, you can hear the screams <laughs> of the <laughs> other, <laughs> the other <laughs> women in their floor-length I've gowns <laughs> being taken away <laughs> because they <laughs> ate a piece of gum. <laughs> so, Paula, I have a, a question that's been bothering me for, I think, probably two decades at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, throw it at me. Kind of known as the fixer around here. <laughs> so is the cat in the hat a role model or is he just a criminal? Because <laughs> he's a criminal, right? All right. Well, let's walk through for our listeners who maybe have not reread The Cat in the Hat in recent times. Sure. The Cat in the Hat is essentially a story about two children who are very bored inside. And alone. And alone because their mom steps out. In their own home, which is private property. <laughs> And the next thing you know, an eight foot tall cat shows up mm -hmm. and is like, I have some ideas from my little friends, thing one and thing two. They're going to help me out here. Yeah. Well, even before that, he's like, I've got ideas and I brought friends. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even send you like a text being like, hey, is this cool? Yeah. So. Um, let's and then just... they, re they wreak havoc. Yeah. Yeah. So and uh, on the plus side. It's about childhood play. <laughs> sure. And on the, one hand. <laughs> and 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 finding joy in life's dull moments and trying to make your own fun, which sure. is a wonderful sentiment. And Dr. Um, Seuss, generally pretty good dude. Yes. But also, let's lift off the crimes that... It is about an eight-foot-tall hat. <laughs> it is about an eight-foot-tall cat wearing a raver's hat. Yeah, literally. <laughs> he might as well have those, what were they, the devil sticks that he's <laughs> doing. He breaks into private property. Yes. He is alone with minors. Yes. For a fair amount of time. <laughs> and was uh, probably watching outside to see when their mom left. Mm -hmm. Property damage <laughs> of said private property. They destroy that oh, house. Oh, they destroy that house. So the cat in the hat doesn't only gain entry to their home. <laughs> it's not like he opens up a window. Right. Or comes through the chimney. 
in a Santa-esque thing. Let me read you the passage real fast that describes when he comes in. We looked, then we saw him step onto the mat. We looked, and we saw him, the cat in the hat. And he said to us, why do you sit there like that? I know it is wet and the sun is not sunny, but we can have lots of good fun that is funny. And the picture depicts him just strolling the fuck in through the (laughs) the front door. (laughs) So the cat in the hat also probably got keys to this house. (laughs) He made a set of keys or knows where they keep their spare keys and just let himself in as these two... Toddler-sized children <laughs> who should not be left home alone. I don't want to put the blame on the parents for this. Sure, but I don't know where else to put it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cautionary tale. Why are you letting your toddlers home alone when you know full well there's a giant cat raver walking around? Okay. Listeners, we're so excited. Uh, we have Ari Seth Cohen on the line. Hi, Ari. Hi, how are you guys? Good, how are you? Um, yeah, good. Everybody, you have absolutely seen Ari's work. Um, he runs Advanced Style, which is this incredible, it's like a, a multi-platform experience, right? Because you're on Instagram and you have a blog and there's a documentary and there's books and there's everything um, highlighting the style of people over the age of 60. Did I describe yeah. that? It's Perfectly. it's everything. Yeah, I've cheated a few times and featured a few people fifty five, but well, yes. we won't oh, tell. Yeah, and get him a fake really, ID. It's really about the the style, the spirit, the creativity, personal expression. It's about it's about um, showing a different picture of aging to the world, and um, it was all inspired by my own grandmother, Bluma. That's so wonderful. And the people who you feature, I mean. We're not just talking like, oh, they wear like a nice shirt from Kohl's. Like the outfits are works of art. Yeah, they. I, a lot of the the women that I feature consider dressing as a like a meditation and and sort of as a uh, creative act and. Uh, uh, a piece of their artistic practice. And so every day they get up in the morning and think about like, what is going to make me feel the best today? What do I want to express to the world? You know, uh, it's all about um, personal expression, but it's not uh, one kind of style. It's uh, I, I will photograph like the most eccentric woman that, uh, you know, wearing a purple turban and a cape walking down Madison Avenue. But then there, I will also photograph someone who just happens to leave their house looking the best they can on that day. Um, Yeah. So it's all, it's all different kinds of style, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's people who really consider, dressing as as part of uh their uh daily joy i'd say and some of the people that you've worked with have gotten modeling deals out of this right i think i I read that somewhere yeah it it, it, um i started the project in 2008 after my grandmother passed away and i was trying to figure out a way to deal with that loss and i moved to new york city and started to see all these really incredibly dressed vital vibrant um older people on the streets of, of new york city and I didn't really know that this project would turn into a career and that the women would become famous. 
but I knew that they had the power to change people's perceptions about getting older. And then um, throughout the process with um, social media and um, Instagram, a lot of the women have um, had incredible opportunities to model for huge fashion brands. And it's really changed the landscape of uh, fashion and lifestyle media, you're seeing a lot more older faces and older models who are, you know, inspiring people to uh, reach out to this demographic that was um, thought of as invisible for so long. I, I hope that I am 10% as glam as the people that you photograph. <laughs> so do I. I mean, it's fun because a lot of the, the women have given me things from their wardrobes, like different jackets and capes and, and things like that, that, that I wear out. And then everybody wonders where I get those things. But it, it's one of the perks <laughs> of, of my job. <laughs> um, Ari, do you think that this has impacted your personal style, this project? Yeah, you know, because my grandmother really... Um, encouraged me to be expressive and allowed me to play in her closet in my grandfather's closet. I mean, that's where I got my first hat was it was my grandfather's fishing hat. And I used to try on his shirts and then, you know, play with my grandmother's jewelry. It's style and, and clothing have always been important parts of my life. But um I think for a period, there was a time where I tried to be a little bit more professional and, you know, you kind of tone your style down or scale it back. But then moving to New York and, you know, seeing these women and, and, and becoming such good friends with all these really creative people allowed me to kind of grow into that again. It never fully stopped. I was never a conservative dresser, but I think sure. that I kind of refined and realized what I wanted to express more being around so many people who were so, uh, you know, self-assured in what they wanted to express to the world. Well, you mentioned your grandfather's fishing hat, and that is very germane to this episode because the topic is hats. Surprise. And we, yeah. <laughs> and we brought you in as a, dare I say, style icon and expert to teach us and our listeners a little bit about hats. So Ari, let's kick off. Give us, <laughs> give us your hot take on hats. Uh, I mean, I wish that this was a video podcast because I would take you on a tour of my closet. Uh, I have stacks and stacks of hats that I've collected over the years. Um, one of my favorite women who was really the first muse that I met when I moved to New York City was a woman named Mimi Waddell. And there's a documentary about her called Hats Off. And when you walked into her apartment on Lexington Avenue, the entire space was filled from floor to ceiling with hat boxes and hats, um, Victorian hats. I mean, she was this really, really elegant, incredibly uh, uh, beautiful older woman who was a model in her 80s and 90s. She got discovered in her late 70s. And one of my favorite quotes of hers was, the only romantic thing left in life is a hat. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> it's like being and, a sneaker junkie, but just for hats. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think hats really make a statement. They frame the face. They you know, uh, protect you from the sun. They're fun. Uh, they're expressive. I have a whole collection of, uh, well, it's funny. So my partner is a minimalist, which is a little bit difficult <laughs> for a person like me, but, um, I had collected, uh, 
a few of these hats from the 1950s. They were tourist hats. They're made out of straw. And they have all these little pieces of, um, like, things that are sort of um, connected to them. So it will be a straw hat full of, like, horses and monkeys. And, and like, they, they're made out of wicker. Like, They'll have, like hanging a, off the hat? Yeah, or, or placed on them. They'll have, like... Like on the top of the hat, they'll have like a bicycle, like a guy riding a bicycle <laughs> made out of wicker. Wow. And so I had already had two of them. And then I was at the flea market and I said uh, to my partner, I said, hey, you know, I collect these. And he was like, what do you mean you only have two? And I said, well, that 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 is a collection. That's the beginning of a collection. Yeah. So. I am a hat lover from the very beginning, uh, starting with my grandfather's hat. And then, you know, I, my mom and I always used to buy hats when I was younger. So it's a perfect topic for me. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I'm a lover of hats. Ari, do you have a hat that you wear the most? I love a Stetson open road, uh, like a 50s Stetson open road. Um, so, so since all of uh, we definitely know what that yeah, is, but we, our listeners may not. <laughs> so. well, I'm picturing it's yeah. a hat with a made of a car. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, Stet, you know, Stetson's a, a classic hat brand. They they do kind of. Uh, it's hard for me to talk because I'm definitely not an expert, but they're more Western hats. And this particular hat that I that I wear, it's called an open road. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the the ones from the 1950s. And so I have a sort of a cream colored one that I wear all the time. It's, it's very classic because I love to wear um, old cowboy shirts from the 1950s. And uh, sort of I have these all these um, bow ties that are rhinestone bow ties from the 1950s that I think Ooh. a lot of rockabilly singers wore. But then. The open road also kind of has a classic fedora look to it as well. So it's kind of a mix between, I'd say, like a cowboy hat and a fedora. Hat people out there, I'm so sorry if I got that wrong, but that's how (laughs) I uh, would describe it. And I always wanted a pink one, and I I never thought that that would exist. And then I went to a vintage sale last year, and uh, a a pink Stetson uh, was, was for sale, and uh, it was my exact size. So now those are my two favorite hats, uh, 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 pink and um, cream-colored Stetson. So it was meant to be. Yeah. Destiny. I mean, I should start dreaming up more hats and then seeing if I could find them. <laughs> my, my friends and I have a joke that there are certain articles of clothing that are dream articles of clothing because they find yeah. you instead of you finding them. And this seems like this is, yeah, this is your dream hat. It was meant yeah, to be. It was my dream hat. My 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 um lady friends have a, a something that you guys might want to start passing around the office. They use the phrase "hatitude" instead of "attitude" because Ooh. they all look hat, and uh, it's one of their the things that they say is you know it, because wearing a hat kind of gives you an extra uh, oomph. It gives you an extra sense of uh, you know presence. I'd say. So I think the word haberdashery is really funny. Um, it's a old word for a hat maker. Is there any old-timey profession that you would like to have? Um, your profession is so tied up in, in the internet and in digital media, but let's say you were born, I don't know, 1700s. Uh, is there an old-timey profession that you would want to have? You know... 
maybe working on illuminated manuscripts. <laughs> oh, I love that. So I have a degree in medieval history. I love oh, this man. shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love books. Anything having to do with books, um, which is becoming a hard profession these days. Sure, uh, yes. <laughs> Illuminated Kindles. Yeah. yeah, right, exactly. We'll put gold and gilded edges around <laughs> all of the corners of this Kindle paperweight. And my books are offered on Kindle, which I always thought was kind of strange because they're kind of objects that really need to be handled and, and, and looked at in person. But uh, they are there. <laughs> so we'd love to play a little quick fire round of a game that we're going to call Hats Entertainment, <laughs> which is where we're going to give. We worked so hard on that pun, Ari. I need you to know there were like three or four drafts of a hat pun. And, and that's where we landed. <laughs> Judy Garland's going through my head. That's it. <laughs> She's always going through my head. <laughs> yeah. So the the way the game's going to work is we're going to give you an occasion. And from there, we'd love to know what hat or just generally what outfit is appropriate for that occasion. Okay. The hat is on. I oh. mean, the heat is on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to start out really easy. Um, what hat are you going to wear to a podcast recording? Well, I'm wearing my open road right now, so there we go. Okay, amazing. All right, to your own birthday party. I just had a birthday party. Okay, happy, happy birthday, birthday. Thank you. And I wore a jeweled black hat um, from like the nineties, uh, it was kind of like something you'd find in a fancy mall store. Okay. Then what are you wearing to a frenemies birthday party? To a frenemies? Uh, uh, do I have any frenemies? Well, I think that to a frenemies, you should wear a gold church hat. Ooh. Oh, I love that. That's such a power move. And also a hat like that. You're getting all the attention at their birthday. And it's kind of, yeah. Cool. <laughs> How about to an open house that you're going to, but you have no intention to buy the home? Okay. I'd say like a vintage fedora. Ooh, like a like a Dick Tracy air of mystery, mystery buyer kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. Something like, you know, uh, something from an old film. <laughs> like, has this person, this person has time traveled and they need a home yes. to buy? Yes. They're kind of curious oh, about the homes of today. <laughs> okay. Um, how about, like, you're going to a concert and it's your favorite band, but right off the bat, they announce they're not playing any songs that you know. They're only playing the new stuff. Oh, gosh. I, I hate that. It's the um, worst. You know what? You shouldn't wear a hat to a concert. You're blocking other people's view. Thank you. Yes, that is the correct answer. <laughs> a trick any past. That was a good question. Okay, um, let's say what would you wear something happened and all of a sudden you have to chaperone a high school dance. What kind of hat are you going to wear? Oh, my. Uh, uh, something that fully covers my face. <laughs> <laughs> I do have some hats from Japan that are like uh, – like in the shape of ba like teddy bears and, and different animals. <laughs> so maybe I would do that. Oh, that would be a good, yeah. that's a good chaperoning a high school dance hat. Definitely. It's fun, yeah. but you're definitely still in charge. All right. Um, what are you wearing when you are meeting your best friend's new significant other? Hmm. 
I'd say a pink beret. Ooh. I like you know, that. A little artsy. Mm-hmm. A little classic. Yeah, it's like a conversation piece, but not, you know, the whole conversation. Yeah. And see how they react. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because well, it's a litmus test for them. You're totally right. This is about if that significant other passes your test because you have a high bar for your best friend. Yeah. Very high bars. You know, the the funny thing is, I don't know why hats create such strong reactions in people. Like, every time you walk out of the house with a hat, someone will, will say to me or, or the, the people I know, like, oh, what are you so dressed up for? Where are you going? Hey, I'm going to the grocery store. You know, it, it's funny. Hats have the power to really throw people off. And they feel like they have to comment on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, and I wonder, too, because it's like in the in the past, you know... People wore hats all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's why the women that I photograph tend to still wear hats. Um, but, you know, I think they're definitely coming back into style, especially, especially with um, our current uh, climate situation. You know, mm-hmm. like they're a perfect solution to, uh, you know, too much sun. And I don't know. I just I just love them. So I, I try to uh, present them in my work as much as possible. All right. This is I mean, we're we're taking a step back from Hats Entertainment. We'll get back to it. But I'm just curious, kind of you've brought up so many cool, creative hats that you have. I know that you got a couple at a, at a estate sale. But where do you find most of your hats? Like, let's say our listeners, they're dipping their toe into the hat game. Where where should they start? Yeah, I mean, I always tend to find hats at antique stores, vintage stores, thrift stores, uh, because I love vintage hats. But you can also, like, there's this incredible uh, Etsy store. Um, if you want a very eccentric, bold straw hat, uh, Ignatius, it, which is I-G-N-A-T-I-U-S, I believe. He has a, uh, They have an Etsy store full of these really incredible hats. But um, I don't know. I, I tend to love vintage. Like I said, I love things that are pre-worn. It's better for the environment to buy things that, yeah. you know, are, are, are already in circulation. Um, but if you talk to my friend Deborah Rappaport, who's one of the women that I photographed, she thinks that you can make anything out of a hat. So you can take a, lam- a lampshade, a scarf. <laughs> you know, and she, she believes that, and she's she's the the hatitude woman. She believes that anything can be a hat. Uh, so uh, put a basket a basket on your head, you know, play around that way. But you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think antique shops are a great way to kind of uh, play around with hats. And uh, kind of just discover there's not a lot of pressure there, uh, you know. Well, and then so do you it sounds like you do like you 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 go to antique stores, you go to these flea markets, you go to these thrift stores. And I feel like when I try to walk into one, I am immediately overwhelmed uh, and freaked out. Do you have any tips for like your strategy going into this? I also get very overwhelmed. I start sweating. Yeah, I start sweating, I get nervous, but that's more <laughs> because there's so many things to discover. And I always try to breathe and think, I, it, this has happened ever since I was a little kid. We, I mean, I've been going to estate sales and antique um, stores and all these things with my mom and grandmother ever since I was really young. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's just sort of 
there's certain things that will catch your eye, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and, and those are the things that, that speak to you and, and are calling you, I guess. And, and I mean, there's no pressure to buy anything. It's kind of just a fun experience to, to see things. I, I don't know. Uh, but I definitely get a little bit overwhelmed as well, but I think people get overwhelmed when they have a specific mission or goal intended with shopping. Like I have a few, um, girlfriends who really, really, really hate shopping. And so I I tried to ask them because I happen to love shopping, but I, I, I tried to ask them what it, what it, what is it about shopping that makes you anxious? And they say, well, it's when I have to buy something specific and I'm Mm -hmm. not sure that I'm going to find that specific item. But then I've taken them with me when, you know, they come to visit and we go to thrift stores or vintage stores and, and they always find something. But I think it's because there's no pressure there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of visual stimulation when you go into a place like that. But And how, you know, do, you, how do you curate your own style? I feel like when I walk into a thrift store, especially, there are things there that might speak to me. I might see them and think, oh, that's cool. I'm going to try it on. And it may even fit well on me, but there's it's, you know, one or two steps further from the kind of everyday style that I do. And it feels like if I were to wear that, that would have to become like now I'm vest guy. (laughs) Yeah, you don't need to be invested in vest guy. Uh, (laughs) You know, I, I, I have a very eclectic approach to style. So, you know, on any given day, I could look like our urban wizard or, you know, like where Gabardine from the 1950s or, you know, so I think it really depends on, for me, style is really depends on my mood, what I feel is going to lift my mood, what I want to present on a given day. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that and a lot of people are really fearful of stepping out of their comfort zone but uh, I always say to like return to that person you were when you were really young and first discovering clothing and it was just fun to dress up. I mean, for me, it's just an act of joy. It's just a, it's just, I look at my clothes on the clothing rack and, and they make me happy. I'm staring right now at a, a tie dyed um, jacket and, and that makes me feel good. But, but, you know, sometimes people don't, you know, they don't love clothing and they don't, and they don't care about style and that's fine too, obviously. But I just don't think you should be afraid of, of challenging, challenging yourself to, to try something new. Ari, I love this so much. I'm getting everything that you said tattooed on me so I can read it every day. And it sounds oh, like you're giving me too much credit. I, I, <laughs> I feel like I don't even know how to explain it, but I feel like, you know, I think come shopping with me and we'll have a good time and we'll we'll play around. We'll 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 add some sparkle to your wardrobe. Yeah, this is this is absolutely wonderful. I'm inspired. Yeah, I'm inspired. Um, I did when I was a child dress my little brother exactly how I was dressed. So I'll be uh, making sure to have him do that every day when I dress as well. <laughs> that's what a brings second. you joy. Yeah, that's what brings me joy is controlling my little brother. Ari, how much are you uh, pre-planning your outfits versus how much is it just kind of you wake up and you're like, I'm in the mood for this hat and this shirt and this tie. And 
Yeah, I, mean, I never pre-plan an outfit. Uh, I kind of just, and, and I never look that great. So I, maybe I should pre-plan an outfit, but. <clears throat> Not true. Yeah, We've I, seen pictures. Sometimes I'll see the men and women that I photograph and like, they really know how to curate a look and, and, and but that's not me. So yeah, I'll just kind of pull whatever makes me feel good in that moment. And it's kind of like, we were talking about how things just call to you in the moment and that's what it is. But it, you know, it obviously has to do with the weather, your mood. Um, but yeah, I like today I'm in a tie-dye mood, so that's what I'm going for. But, you know, tomorrow it could be something totally different. It's funny because now I feel like these are the questions that I ask my subjects and that they are commonly asked, but that I'm never asked. And I feel like I should be 70 years old before I answer these questions. So, No, I'm your answers are so perfect. <laughs> okay, so back into Hats Entertainment. Um, I would love to know what hat you are wearing. Are you're going to a book club, but you have not read the book. You haven't even cracked the book open. What are you going to wear? Well, that would have been a better choice to wear something that's covering my face. That could be a little more. (laughs) (laughs) They're Um, not going to notice you. Maybe one of those, um, deer stalker Sherlock Holmes hats. Although I'm vegan, I I don't believe in the message of that. I do love (laughs) that. <laughs> we have to change the name. It's like a dear friend hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know the, the, those ones with the double lids. Yes, yeah, I, definitely. I've, I've always loved those. Yeah, it definitely is. It has a very kind of aristocratic, distinguished look to it. Yeah, that's a good one for that situation because you want to look like, you know, you want to appear confident as if you've read every book. <laughs> you know, so you want to roll in with a confident hat. To yeah, that I feel situation. like although. It will um, have people approach you and ask you questions, and maybe you don't want to stand out as much. So you might want to go with a classic beanie. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Not to to... say a handmade beanie. Oh, so then you can kind of bring everything back to the beanie. Bring it back to the beans. Yeah, so you can be like, you know, my favorite part of the book is when they were talking about kind of just like the heart, which is – I really put my heart into this handmade beanie. Yeah. I mean, it's taken me so long. Yeah. (laughs) I spun this yarn myself. (laughs) What are you wearing on an international flight? That's the hard part on flights is I love traveling with hats, but they tend to get smashed. So, you know, it's not the times where we can travel with a... There's too many regulations against uh, size, like, or else I would be having hat boxes with me. Um... I love to wear my open road, but I have to keep it on my lap the entire flight. But I will, uh, I, I do put the commitment into that. So I'm always, I'm always traveling with a, with a good Stetson. So if you're taking an international trip, you're bringing one hat? Yeah, because uh, otherwise, you know, hats get smashed. Yeah. So what, what are you supposed to do? I can't put it in my suitcase. I can't put it on my carry-on. Sometimes I've even worn double hats on a flight where I'll wear... Uh, a straw fedora on on top of my Stetson. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's that's ingenuity. Well, if they're going to yeah, put us I mean, in basic economy like that, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not, not going to risk smashing my hat. Yeah. Exactly. What I want on an international flight is a hat that I can both wear as a fashion statement and will mm. also give me kind of like 
like an eye mask or neck support so that I can sleep on the plane as well. Something yeah. that works as a multifunctional hat. Yeah, with an with, with something that keeps your neck from moving back and forth as you're falling asleep on the flight. Exactly. Okay, so this might be together our our Shark Tank invention. It's like a yeah, beautiful you know, Stenson hat that also wraps around your neck to provide support. Okay, so it's a turban mm-hmm. with a neck brace attached. This sounds Ooh. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make millions. <laughs> How about what are you going to wear to uh, cosmic bowling? Ooh, I love anything cosmic. Yeah, same. Um, there is a particular hat that one of the women that I photographed, her name was Lindell, the Countess of Glamour. I just posted a photo on my Instagram account of her. To um, have the nickname, the Countess of Glamour. That's never yeah. going to get back. That's, is that nicknames a, are done. That's the best one. Did she pass yeah. that on to someone? It's a hereditary line. <laughs> that There was a Countess of Glamour before her, and she can only bestow that she, honor on someone else. She was the one and only. Her, 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 her um, kind of favorite statement was you dress for the theater of your life every day oh and she had these hats that were sort of um in the shape of it was like a big ufo on the the top of her head but it was a lot more elegant than that but you'd have to google lindell cohen or the countess of glamour or go to you know the advanced style page or instagram um, it, it, she was also in, in my documentary, but she had these really incredible hats that always reminded me of, of UFOs. Uh, a woman from France made them, but I can't remember the exact uh, name of these hats, but they weren't a classic hat. So it wouldn't be something that everyone knew. But I think for cosmic bowling, it doesn't get in your eyes. You know, I think it'd be perfect. What about for like the holidays, uh, family gathering, Thanksgiving, whatever, like a big family event. We're running out of hats here, but I always <laughs> love a great turban. Yeah, it could be, you know, it could be something really simple and elegant, or it can be something more magical. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think a turban's a good look for the holidays. I feel like I wouldn't be able to wear a turban without doing a transatlantic accent. Just like a very Catherine Hepburn, like, like, oh, it's lovely to see you all. Okay, I guess Josh had a perfect transatlantic accent this whole time. I, I love a transatlantic accent. That's what we should have kept our earnest talk about is uh, a transatlantic accent. There's uh, there's a woman that I photographed named Joyce Carpati, who I who has who has that accent, and I'm and and I, I'm always asking her. She's from Brooklyn, and I'm always asking her. <laughs> You know, how did this, you know, manner of speaking develop? But I think it was obviously the schools that she went to. And she she actually um, studied opera in Rome when she was uh, like 12 or 13. Oh, my gosh. But she, she still continues to speak that way. And it's so lovely. It, it really is beautiful. I, I'm delighted to hear that there are people out there that speak like that. Because I thought it was one of those things that they kind of just invented for movies. Yeah. But apparently not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've, uh, I have heard a few. I'm going to try IRL. I've never used that phrase. <laughs> well, you did a great job. <laughs> You're in a heist. What are you wearing? 
And also, Ari, oh. I want to know what your what your role is in the heist. Like in an what Ocean's I... Eleven situation, who are you in the heist, and what are you wearing? Oh, I'm so afraid of risk. This is a a, a, real, a real hard one for me. I, You're um, preaching to the choir. <laughs> I'm so not risky. Okay, so I am the guy who's sitting on their computer uh, mapping out the space for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I will be wearing a... Um, a leopard print fez because I'll be in my truck like miles and miles and miles and miles and miles <laughs> away far away from the danger from any criminal activity <laughs> going on. That's so perfect. That's so wonderful. Well, thank you for playing that game with us. Yes, thank you. I learned so much because all of those situations are happening to me this week. So <laughs> I want I've got to stock up on hats. <laughs> So Ari, we have a weekly segment called Earnest Moment of the Week, where we grab listener earnest moments, sincere moments, and feature them on the show. Did you have an earnest moment this week? I think that every moment of my life is an earnest moment. (laughs) Um, But I happened to, uh, I was just in uh, Palm Springs over the weekend, and, and, and I was walking around, and one of the things that I that I find the most touching and that I always love to see, I actually made a book about it, was uh, and is uh, older people holding hands, and it's an image that I was have been struck by ever since I was a little kid, and uh, there was a food festival in Palm Springs. And there were just uh, so many older couples walking around holding hands and kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of tapping each other's shoulders and and making sure uh, their partner was taken care of. Uh, And then for dinner, it was kind of on theme. Uh, We came out of an Italian restaurant and uh, an older woman was putting sunscreen behind her husband's ears And I don't know, I just felt like it was so touching to see that how much care she was still putting into this relationship. Uh, So for me, uh, advanced love, not trying to necessarily pitch my book, but those are the moments that I find most earnest right now because it's something I've been thinking about a lot and something that kind of is catching my eye is, um, you know, partnership and uh, the ways that um, people continue to express love and affection for each other. That is That's arguably so the most earnest <laughs> answer we've ever gotten to that question. Um, if people did want to find your books, where would they find them? Sure. Yeah. Um, local bookstores, uh, you know, the, the, big, the big websites, the latest <laughs> ones called Advanced Love. It's all photographs and stories about um love and companionship uh couples who are uh, 60 and above and couples who have been together for you know 60 and 70 years and sometimes couples who met each other after their spouses have passed away in their 90s and so um yeah but uh they're kind of all over the place wherever you people choose to to uh purchase books 
That's wonderful. And and to our listeners, I cannot recommend Ari's books enough. They're so beautiful. And they're also the kind of books that you kind of just find yourself going back to again and again and and reading and, and finding little things, little details and in photos that you missed before in there. They're just absolutely a delight. And lots of hats. Lots, lots of, hats, of hats. Thank goodness. Ari, so you are speaking as part of the Chicago Humanities Festival. Uh, Josh and I will be there. We're so excited. Could you tell us a little bit about the talk? Sure. I wanted to say that I'm brimming with ideas. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm coming with uh, Judith Boyd, who has a project um, in an uh, Instagram account and a blog called The Style Crone. And uh, she is someone that I followed for a long time. She started her blog a little bit after I started mine, I think probably in 2009, 2010. And I was really inspired by the way that she approached style because um, her the beginnings of her blog were really about her dressing up to take her husband to chemo. And the way that they um, they had this kind of creative engagement with one another where he would photograph her and it brought them so much joy to kind of get their minds off of what was going on and have this kind of uh, collaboration between them. So uh, she wrote a lot about, you know, how the power of style and this talk is about the power of style and how it can be used in order to transform. And, you know, um, so I don't have the topic headers uh, ahead of time, but I have seen throughout the years of, of my work how style can really transform someone's mood and um, how powerful the way that we express ourselves can, what kind of impact that can have. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there are certain things like that I, that I, you know, stories that people have told me how my work has affected them. That has been this really incredible uh, messages to receive because I think that from what I've heard, once um, a lot of people turn 50, 60, 70, they tend to be ignored by society and made to feel invisible. And the women that I photograph who are really bold and expressive have given them the permission to dress up again and be themselves because a lot of times we lose that as we get older. I'm kind of going off track, but I wanted to tell you a story. Yes, please. That kind of applies to the power of style that um, I guess it's uh, something maybe I should have held back for, for the talk, but it's fine to share it now. Um, I got an email from a young girl who told me that Um, her grandmother was a very fashionable woman and that towards the end of her life, she was in a senior living community and she no longer had the strength or energy to dress up. So one day she bought, um, one of my books for her grandmother and, um, they spent the day flipping through the pages And although her grandmother didn't necessarily relate to everything that was in the book or every single thing that 
you know, the women were wearing, Mm -hmm. um, they had this really fun engagement in terms of like critiquing the style and, um, you know, being inspired by, by, uh, you know, what, what the women were expressing. And she told me that the next day her grandmother told her to go up into her basement at her home and grab all her scarves and pins And that from the day she died, which was uh, a few months later, her grandmother started to dress up again. And so (laughs) for me, that's what validates the work that I do. Hearing things like that, um, you know, hearing that the women and men that I photograph change people's perspective on aging and allow them to kind of discover or rediscover who they are and who they want to be and what they want to express to the world. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of times clothing and style is thought of of in a really superficial way. But for me, it's always just been about like a playful, joyful, personal expression. And I mean, for other people, you know, it, it, when you want to feel powerful, you can put on something that makes you feel powerful. There is a really transformative quality to clothing. And, um, I think we'll be talking about talking a lot about those type of things at the conference. That is such a wonderful story. And I think that's also like, I mean, we, we, we told our listeners at the, at the top of this episode and, and a reminder to Follow your account right now. Get the blog, get the books, everything, because it it's incredible how, I mean, these stories and these photos are inspiring to everybody. I mean, and Ari, it's it's just, it's really beautiful. We're, we're really honored to have you on, and uh, we're really excited to see you at Chicago Humanities Festival. Thank you so much. Hopefully at the, the festival, I'll, I, I will have a, a few more interesting things to say, but uh, I'm really excited to be with Judith because I always love to have someone with me who, who really has the experience and the knowledge to, to share. Um, I'm, I'm still learning every day. And, uh, but, you know, I, I feel like the more I get older, the more I return to that person I was when I was younger, where I felt free and um, free of judgment to express what I wanted to express. And uh, I think that's what happens as as you get older, if if you're lucky, you become kind of, um, you you care less about what other people think. And in that, you're able to express yourself better. Amazing. So if you want to hear more of Ari, you can check him out at Advanced Style or AdvancedStyle.com. Or you can come, if you're in Chicago, to his talk, um, which is at 5 p.m. on Saturday, November 9th. You'll see us there. And, and also, for everybody listening, um, we are partnering with the with the festival. Uh, we have a few pairs of tickets to give away, uh, as well as some tote bags. And it's very exciting. Uh, so for three separate people, we'll be giving away Two tickets each. I phrase that very oddly. We have three pairs of tickets. We have three pairs of tickets. Uh, so if you want to be entered to win those, what we're asking is that you post a picture of yourself inspired by advanced style, uh, regardless of your age. Just you know, find an outfit that's kind of inspired by that. And be sure to tag us at, at Being Earnest Pod. Tag the Chicago Humanities Festival at, at Chai Humanities. And hashtag that advanced style. And you'll be entered. And what hats will you be wearing to the festival? 
Oh, oh, well. This is a good question. We've really set ourselves up to wear hats now. Well, I think we learned that uh, it's inappropriate to wear a hat when it could be blocking someone else's view. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to have to stand in the back because I'm wearing seven or eight stacked on top of each other. I give you permission to, to block the view of me. So <laughs> Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, Ari. This has been so wonderful. Yeah, we've loved having you on. Come back anytime. Come back every week. Hats all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Ari. Thanks, Ari. Thank you. I think that's going to do it for us. That's going to do it for us. <laughs> Thank you for your patronage for another week on our little podcast. Thank you again to Ari Seth Cohen for joining us today. You can see him at the Chicago Humanities Festival on November 9th. And be sure to follow him at, at Advanced Style on Instagram and everywhere else on the internet. Thank you, as always, to Ryan Cruz for our beautiful logo. She's at RB Cruiser on Instagram. She's a great follow, worth following. Amazing follow. And Dylan Dutch. And another amazing, amazing follow. Amazing follow for our theme song. He's at Dylan Dutch on Twitter. Just a quick reminder, we are so excited to see your advanced style photos. Um, be sure to tag us at at being Ernest pod. Be sure to tag the Chicago Humanities Festival on uh, Instagram and hashtag it advanced style. Uh, if you have any questions or anything like that, we're on social media. We're at beingearnestpod at gmail.com. Send it over to us. We'll also be posting a ton about this. So if the information's a lot over words, you can find it right there, honey. Yeah, just make sure you do it by Thursday. Thursday. Or else you may not get your ticket. Yeah. Also, we haven't mentioned this in a while. If you have an earnest moment of the week or there's a topic that you might want us to talk about, Anything at all that you think you might want to chat with us about, you can do that at any of the locations that Paula just named on social media or on email. Yes, yes, yes. We love you and we always love hearing from you. And until next week, don't hire us for a heist. <laughs> it's not a good idea. It's really not a good idea. Well, just send us a message. Just because we'll you're confident doesn't mean it's a good idea, Paula. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. See you next week. Bye.